Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. Uh, today, I, I want to help you believe for some bigger things. And I, I want to I talk about expectations. Can I do that? Yes. Expectations. Um, uh, and I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to tell you something. I heard something funny recently. It just really, it was cute. I, uh, it, it kind of fits expectations. A, a guy died and left uh, $20,000 to his wife. And after the burial, she was coming. Some, someone overheard her talk about like she didn't have any money. And they're like, well, what happened? I mean, he, he, didn't he leave you $20,000? She said, yeah, but it's $5,000 uh, to bury him and then $15,000 for the memorial stone. And they said, like, $15,000 for the memorial stone? And she said, yeah, I thought I was worth it. <laughs> I, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Thank y'all for laughing at my jokes. I thought that was funny. Everybody has a different expectation, right? <laughs> I told, okay, but I better stay with my sermon here. This is... Um, what I want to talk about is, is having unreasonable expectations. Unreasonable. Look at your neighbor and say, unreasonable expectations. So I'm going to tell somebody, unreasonable. Unreasonable expectations. So, so just stop being so reasonable. If you want God to do something at another level in your life, you're going to have to have some unreasonable expectations. You, it's not always going to add up, Okay. And there's a story in the Bible that sort of sets the tone for this. It's in 1 Kings 18. Uh, There was a drought going on in the land, but no rain. And Elijah keeps looking for rain. So verse 42 says, uh, so Ahab went off. That was the king. He went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. Go go back again. Go, go, Go look again. And the seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand was rising from the sea. So sitting on the top of Mount Carmel, his head between his knees, he sends his servant to go back to look again. Not not just once, not twice, not three times, but eventually seven times. He just kept going again repeatedly. There was no rain. There was no sign of rain, but he was having some unreasonable expectations. He would not accept what he was seeing And some people would say, you know, Gehazi, his servant, like probably had moments where he wanted to like, what are we doing? I mean, you're you're not being reasonable, Elijah. I keep going back and there's no sign of rain. And And the truth is, according to most people, Elijah wasn't being reasonable. But he didn't let that stop him from having expectations for rain. God used his unreasonable expectations in a season of drought to bring rain. Now, I don't know where you are and what's going on in your world. I know the life I'm living. I mean, how many of you know there's the life that we plan 
And then there's the life that happens to you, right? I mean, we understand that, right? And it didn't always go like we planned. And I would tell you, none of us, it goes like we think it should go. There's always something. There's some things in my life, I'm like, yeah, that came off without a hitch. And then there's other things. I'm from Texas. Y'all understand. If you don't know my, anyway, that means with no problems, okay? But then there's some things in your life, you're like, what is happening? I didn't, exp-. and so and so you, I don't know where you're at today, but what I'm asking you to do is to not let your current expectations be a limitation to what God wants to do in your life. Why not step up and have some unreasonable expectations, okay? It's, it's not reasonable to believe that a guy named Nehemiah in the Old Testament who had been taken to a foreign land and was hearing that his home city of Jerusalem was was in ruins and had been just destroyed and he felt called of God in his heart to go home and rebuild it and to ask the king's permission to go back. It's unreasonable to think that he could even, first of all, be allowed to do that. He was allowed to go home and in 52 days, he rebuilt the city of Jerusalem. 52 days. It's unreasonable to think that, that, that a young shepherd boy could be- believe that he could take on a nine-foot giant named Goliath with, a, with a, a slingshot and some stones, everybody. It's unreasonable to think that. It's unreasonable for me to think that Jesus could come and pick 12 men, and those 12 men would follow Jesus for three years, a little more than that, and those three men start a global movement that we call the church that's still in existence today. Don't let your expectations be so reasonable. If God is for you, who can be against you? You and God make a majority. You see, with God, one and one doesn't always equal two. Hear me, everybody. It doesn't, science doesn't always equate to when God says something, it's going to happen. When God says, let there be, you can be assured something's going to change, all right? We just have to lift our expectations. So, so if you're taking notes, I want to give you four simple thoughts, right, about expectations. Here's the first one. Don't base your expectations on what is reasonable. Don't, don't let that set your expectation. Jesus said, humanly speaking, humanly speaking, it, it's impossible. But with God, say it with me, with God, everything. Come on, say it with me. Everything is possible. Everything. What he's saying is, I don't want you to base your expectations on only the things that seem reasonable. I'm going to need you to elevate your expectations from what is reasonable to what is unreasonable. That's the kind of God we serve. I remember when I was 26 years old and uh, God called us to go to College Station. So we left our home. We drove to College Station to plant a church. I've been married a few years, got a three-year-old boy. I've got $800 in the bank. And God says, go plant a church. It was unreasonable for me to leave our family and go to a city I didn't know anybody and start. And, and, and it was unreasonable. It was unreasonable a couple of years later when we were trying to build our first building. I walked into a banker's office and told him who I was and told him what I saw and what I wanted to do and what I was here for. And he just looks at me and I said, I I, want to borrow some money. We need to build a building. And it was unreasonable for me to sign my name personally and guarantee the loan for the church because I believed in what God had put in my heart. Reason did not not rationalize what I was doing. But having an unreasonable expectation, I believe God was in what we were doing. 
Several years went by, and we had grown, and we had a, just had a couple of little rooms for classrooms for kids, and you know, and so I'm trying to have church, and the kids' classrooms are just only a thin wall between the auditorium and the kids' classrooms, and so you get all the noise, and and I'm like, we need a building, and I, I'd been driving down Texas Avenue, one of our main thoroughfares, and there was a portable bank building that had closed down, and they were re, they had moved into another property, so there's this building sitting there, and I'm like, man, that would be, gosh, wouldn't it be awesome if we had that building for, for our kids, you know, we could, but we could, I, I'd never been in it, but I knew the size of it, so uh, I don't know, some time went by, and I'm driving to an appointment one day, and I just felt an urgency, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how God talks to you, but, but I feel an unction, like, it's like something inside, I've never heard, uh, I've never heard God speak in an audible voice, I thought it was God a few times, but it was Janet, right, but, but <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But, all right, um, she's not here, God bless her, to, uh, to defend herself. But, but I just knew, I, was imp- I knew God was saying, go drive by that building. Now I'm going to an appointment, right? I'm like, what I, I, it's, but I, I obeyed what I felt. I, I got off the freeway, went down to Texas Avenue, driving by, and, I, and as I drove by, I drove up to the building, there's a company, there are moving trucks, and they're pushing I-beams under that portable building, trying to lift it off the ground. And I'm like, they're about to relocate this building. And, and, I'm, and it's all inside of me. I'm like, well, that, that, that's my building. And so I drove up, and I I asked where the foreman was, and, and they said, well, he's sitting over in his truck. Now, not that all foremans are sitting over in their truck, you know, but, but he was sitting in his truck. So I, so I drove over, you know, beside him, window to window, door to door, so to speak, rolled down my window and told him who I was. And, and I said, you know, what are you, you're moving, what, what are you doing with the building? And he told me, and I'm like, man, and something inside of me, I, I never met this guy, I, didn't know, I, I can't remember his name to this day, but something came all over me, and I looked at him, I said, God told me to tell you that that's my building. <laughs> I don't remember what language he used or responds, I don't remember, but he just had this look in his eye like, who are, you know, what are you smoking? I don't know where you're from. But, but I asked him, I said, I need to know about this building. And so he said, well, it belongs to the bank. And Mr. Phillips is the president of the bank. They're moving this to another little community to start another bank, you know. And, and we, we got to have, this is a Thursday. We have to have the building moved by Monday morning because Chili's Restaurant is opening a new restaurant here. This has got to be gone. They're, they're moving in equipment. And so I, I drove down. You know, I've got all this turmoil inside. How many of you know when you're like, wow, what is, I'm out here on thin ice, and I'm like, so I drove down to the bank, and I walked in, and I said, can I speak to Mr. Phillips? I'd never met him. He's, and he took my appointment or my visit without an appointment, and I told him who I was, walked in, told him the story I just told you. He said, God told me that's my building, and, and he's like, well, you know, he didn't know what to say, and this is Thursday. Well, God is my witness. While I'm in, the, in that building, it started raining, and it rained Thursday, and it rained Friday. And it rained Saturday, and it rained Sunday, and on Monday it's still raining. And I drive back to that banker's office, and I'm like, this is my building. God told me this is my building. And before it was over, I offered him an unreasonable amount of money, low unreasonable amount of money, for that building. He not only sold me the building, but he, but he loaned me the money. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have it. I said, well, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that good, accepting my offer. Now I don't have the money, so I'm going to borrow it from you. 
and he, but he loaned me the money, and, and then that wasn't all. It rained so much that the building couldn't get moved, so they didn't move the building. But, but I had the time because it was raining and chilies couldn't come in. I had to go to the city hall. I had to get a site plan approved. I had to give HO, all the zoning and planning. And if you know, any city workers here, we love you. God bless you. But it just takes forever. But God is my witness, three weeks later, 21 days later, that building was sitting on our church property, and it still sits there today and still is being used by us. It was unreasonable, okay? I'm just trying to build your faith here today. In fact, I remember we went through a time, I remember our first million-dollar loan that I went to ask for. Well, that was a huge deal for me, and I remember all of that, and one day, one day I was preaching, and I was kind of frustrated your pastor is, by the way, if you're new, come, come here. You, you got to put up with me today. You need to come here, Pastor Justin. He's intellectual and he's intelligent and he's good looking and you'll enjoy his sermon probably a whole lot better than you enjoy mine. But I was frustrated in that message and I said something to our congregation. I said, I'm, I, I believe God's going to, someday bankers are going to come to our house. They're going to walk in my office instead of me going and asking for help. They're going to come to us and ask for our business. And then after church, I'm like, did I really say that? I just didn't know that. I said that. I, God is my witness. A few months later, uh, within about a 30-day period, four bankers walked in my office asking for our business. I didn't have to go to banks anymore. Now they're coming to us. I've never went to a banker since. They've called me and said, we're hustling your business. How many of you know unreasonable expectations? I'm saying, we're talking about the vision of the church, everybody. Now you say, why would you, why would you tell us those stories? I'm telling you those stories because what we're about is not about us. This is about something bigger. We're here to build something for the name of Jesus. Jesus came to build his church and we get to be a part of completing and fulfilling the vision of Jesus, which is building the house of God, which is saving lost people and getting us ready for eternity, everybody. That's what this is all about. There are people in this room who have grown up in dysfunctional families and abandoned by one or both parents, and it's not reasonable for you to believe that you can be emotionally healthy, but you can. It's not reasonable to believe you can have a strong marriage and a bright future, but I've come to tell you, stop being so reasonable and believe God for the unreasonable here today. <laughs> God is looking for some business leaders who will blaze a different trail, who will rise up in full devotion to resource the vision that God has given Velocity Church. Don't be so reasonable. God has some things in store for us, and if we just put our logic to it or our addition to it, it won't always add up. But if you can have some unreasonable expectations, I mean, come on, in this season and in this series of miracles, let's believe God for some miracles. Let's believe God for some healings. Let's believe God for some financial, come on somebody, for some restoration to happen in your life. For some, for some doors to open that no man can shut. Start believing God for that. Don't base your expectations on what is so reasonable. Here's the second thing I wrote down. Don't base expectations only on past experiences. Man, this is a tough one, right? Be that's what I find most intriguing about this story of Elijah looking for rain. His, he experiences repeated disappointment, re repeated disappointment, but continues to expect a good report. I don't know if Elijah had to get up and walk around, change his position, 
I, I don't know what he had to do. I don't know if he had to go work out, if he had to vent some frustration. I don't know. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he put on a headset and listened to worship music. I don't know. I, but, but whatever he did, we do know that somehow Elijah found a way to reset his expectations. To rekindle the fire of unreasonable expectations inside of him. And he, had to, he just kept saying, go, go, go again. Go look again. I'm, I'm not giving up. Just because what has happened to you has happened to you doesn't mean that's the outcome and the, the end result of your story and your life. It might be a chapter in your story, but you need to realize that just past it, don't let past experiences in your life predicate to you and dictate to you what your future is going to be like. You can change from today moving forward by the grace of God if you can have some unreasonable expectations. God can change your future. All it takes is a step of faith, everybody. <laughs> I like to say it, maybe I could say it like this. Instead of conforming your expectations to your experience, why not let your expectations change your experience? I know what, I'll say that again. Instead of conforming your expectations to, to your experience, let your expectations change. Change what's going to happen. I know what's already happened, but I believe something else can happen. I don't have to let what happened be what always happens, but I can believe, listen, maybe I'll say it this way. Just because it's always been this way doesn't mean it has to always be that way. Now, now let me give you some, let me make it personal for you because, uh, and, and tell you a little more of my story. T 21 years ago, my wife Janet, at the age of 37, was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. And it had already traveled beyond her breast tissue into her lymphatic system and May not mean anything to you, but it was not a good report. We went through that whole journey, and of course, you know, fast forward, I already told you we've been, been married 40 years, so she's still here. But let me tell you that in between all of that, it hasn't always been the road we had hoped for. And uh, she went several years, we thought cancer-free, and it was great. But nine years ago in May, cancer returned, and it did not come, it came with a vengeance, and it's been... It's in her liver, it's in her abdominal cavity, it's in her lymph nodes, it's in her muscles, all in her shoulder. She's had a battle, and every year for nine years, she's had chemotherapy at least six or eight months of the year, and now the last two years, constant chemotherapy. She had chemo Tuesday, she'll have it this Tuesday, it's like, and, and she, but, but here's the good news, she's still alive. I mean, and our doctor told us, our doctor told us just again the other day, he said, Janet, he said, you know, 21 years you've been coming, you're my longest standing patient. I'm like, you think? I mean, it's awesome, right? But, but she's, she's battling this disease. And, and, and you know, if I would have, so there's, he said there's like less than 500 people in America that I can, I, there's got to be, we don't, have a, we, we don't have a pattern for you. You've lived beyond any expectation that any of us could have ever had. And I just got to say, I'll stand there and look at him and say, yes, she's still alive. Yes, she's still here. What I'm trying to tell you is, when I read the doctor's report, when I went online nine years ago, when it all came back, and I read what the life expectancy was for her, it was not a good report. So you can choose to believe what that says, or you can choose to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, she will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And we have continued to fight that. We've had to... So, so when I challenge you to lift your expectations, I understand from whence I'm talking about. 
I know depression. I know darkness. I know all the sickness that goes with this disease. And I understand how tough life can be. But when you look beyond this life, listen, everybody, you got to realize God is on your side. And with you and God, it makes a majority. And just because something may be happening to you doesn't mean you have to accept that. Just because that's what has happened doesn't mean it has to continue happening. With God, anything is possible. And Jan is still alive 21 years later, and she's got to see her children grow up, her children get married, and seven grandchildren. I'm just here to tell you, have some unreasonable expectations. You know, and maybe you're new to church, and you're like, yeah, you're a preacher. You're supposed to say that. But I'm also a, a husband, yeah. and I'm also a man. Yeah. And I, 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 me and God, we've had some talks, man. I mean, she, this is my girl right here, you know. And, and I, I'm like, God, I want to I live 50, 60 years. I, my parents have been 64 years or something like that married, 1957. So 62 years, I guess. Is that right? I'm from Texas. Y'all do the math, okay? Help me out. But, but a long time they've been married. And I'm like, I want to do the same. I want that to be my story, right? Yeah. And so I look at cancer, and I'm in the middle of the night. Pardon me for just being personal, but I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm, I'm, I look, reach over there just to see if she's still breathing because her heart is had challenge. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. But in the middle of that mess is God, and we still stand and believe God. And I'm telling you, our doctors, it's just amazing. Don't let your past set your expectations for your future. Now, the third point is if you keep your expectations from conforming to your past experience, then God could use your expectations to do something new. And so that's what I just keep saying in Janet's story. And I want to say that about your story. God could do something for you. God could change your, you say, but this is what's been happening. This is what it looks like. Well, you know, don't let that be your only expectation. Have some unreasonable expectations. Believe God for the unreasonable. So I don't know if she loves me anymore. That can change. Well, I don't know if I'll ever have that relationship with my teenager. That can change. I don't know if I'll ever find a career that really fulfills me. That can change. I don't know if I'll ever accomplish what I feel like God's put in my heart to do. That can change. That can change. Your expectations are a powerful creative force. Your words are powerful. <laughs> we had this conversation on Thursday, Janet and I. We were driving to Dallas. I was going to fly up here, and we decided to go to Dallas. For Her brother lives there, and her sisters were coming in, hang out a few days together. And so I said, well, I'll just take you to Dallas. Y'all can hang out at your brother's house for a couple days, and I'll... That'd be great. Y'all get to have a little family reunion, and I don't have to be with all the in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. I just, just, this is not recorded, is it? Anyway, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, man, I, I saw my mind just goes crazy. I, I don't mean to do that. But she was talking, and and she, she's, I'm gonna be really transparent. She said she, she was something. There was stuff going on, and. And then she looked, she realized, she looked over, she said, honey, I'm so sorry, I'm complaining, aren't I? She was nauseous, didn't feel good, I mean, she's chemo, and I just looked at her, and I said, well, first of all, it's okay. I mean, who else are you going to complain to, right? I mean, I'm your husband, and I, I get it. 
But then she said, but I, I, I just, I'm going to say it different. Like, and so she just changed her words. Just instead of saying complaining, I, she decided, I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm going to feel better. So she did, I mean, just drive, this happened Friday, a Thursday, just driving in the car. And then so a little later, she must have been feeling bad again. We're a couple hours drive. She said, I'm going to feel better. The power of your words. You got to change your expectations. Okay? You, you, you got to see, you, you, you got to believe for that. So, you know, when the disciples fished all night and they'd caught nothing, Jesus said, go again. Go, go, go again, but, but do it differently. Put your nets on the other side. I'm not telling you to keep doing the same thing over and over. I mean, I'm from Texas, and I get that. I understand if you keep doing things over and over, expecting different results, it's probably not going to happen, right? And we know the definition of insanity, right? But, but you may not, let me say it to you this way. Plans change, but vision remains. So, so here's my fourth point. Now, I'll be done today. Never give up on the vision God's put in your heart. And life, life can be unfair. Life will beat the, beat the heck out of you if you let it. No, I would, I would venture to say, and, and you know, my life, I look at it, and if, if it wasn't for cancer, <laughs> that's a big if, right? If it wasn't for cancer these past 21 years, my life would be perfect. No, it's not been perfect, but, but we, we choose to look at it that way. God's still with me. Janet's still here. I got good kids. I got great daughter-in-laws. I told my sons, I said, I don't know. I hope you stay married to these girls because if y'all ever don't get along, you're leaving. They're staying. <laughs> anyway, they, they had my grandkids. They're staying. You guys could go figure it out. But anyway, y'all moved to Texas. What are you expecting from God? And maybe today I could just inspire you a little bit to, to lift those expectations and to believe God for something more than where you've been. What miracle does he want to do in your life? What, what, what darkness have you been facing? What doubt have you been dealing with? What struggle? And I'm just encouraging you, in you today to have some unreasonable expectations and let God do some things that you've not even dreamed about yet. He has more in store for you if you can just hold on to his hand and realize tomorrow's a new day and I'm not going to let what's happened determine what's going to happen. I'm going to believe God for some new things.